All right, we are back. Standing by to join us on the last segment is Dr. Chris Winter. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Janine. How are you today? Wonderful. Little tired. It's Monday. <laughs> That's okay. I was just talking about that. It is National Pajama Day today, so if you didn't bother getting dressed, okay. I think the law supports your decision to not put on real clothes and just come in and soft, soft as my kids call them, soft clothes. Perfect. I love that. So oh. tell me, why was it so important for you to write this book? It's a great book, The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken, How to Fix It. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I've been involved in sleep medicine since I was an undergrad in college. I, was, I started doing research to get some beer money and some biology credit hours. Never <laughs> thought it would be a career. Um, but I've been in it so long that when I started practicing, you know, gotten through residency and all that good stuff, um, I, was, I was in an airport and my flight was delayed. And I thought, this is probably a good time to write down some of my own thoughts about sleep and things I think are wrong about the way we explain things. And I just created a little Microsoft Word document, and it just kept growing and growing and growing um, into this book. And so I think it's important because I think that for people to really start to sort out their own sleep problems, they really need to deeply understand kind of what's going on. And I think we don't do a good job of educating people about sleep from a fundamental, fun perspective. It's all about if you don't get sleep, you're going to die of a heart attack, or you'll die of a stroke, right. or you'll die of both at the same time, which would be a god-awful way to go. So I just think that a lot of there's a lot of fear-mongering and little short blips, and I really wanted a prolonged narrative where I could really take a reader through sleep and hopefully deliver them on the other side, really feeling like they understand what in the world's going on in their bed. Yes, and it's so important to have a routine. I know I like dim lighting. I, I don't have any TV in the bedroom. I don't like to talk about anything heavy right before I go to bed. I mean, I really have to shut it down. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people naturally feel that way. It's funny. Like, my wife gets really upset with me if I turn on any bright light in the evening. She's like, oh, she's like a vampire. Oh, yeah. you know, why did you turn that light on in the bathroom with exactly. all the little yes. Hollywood bulbs around the mirror? You yes. know, so... You know, what she's saying naturally is that her body is really not responding to that light. So you're right. I mean, these are, these are things that we hide with our modern living. We can control temperature. We can control lighting. We can have Netflix playing Game of Thrones episodes one after the other right in front of our face at night. But when people really pay attention to what makes them sleep and feel good, I think they come to the conclusions like you do. And you're a radio host, so, mm-hmm. God, your, your schedule is all over the place, so you, don't, you can't really afford to not have sort of a focus plan for your sleep because you got to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning getting ready to go for your next show. So I think if people pay attention to these things, how do you feel when you dress a certain way? How do you feel when you spend the night? Like my parents, my parents have a bedroom. They, they finished their basement when I was little, and they built a bedroom in their basement that has no windows, which is against code, I think. So maybe I'm, yes. They're going to get in trouble for me saying this on the radio. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You go there, and if you can get through the – fear of, oh, God, what happens if the house catches on fire, right. if you can get through past that fear, you'll sleep amazingly in that room because there is not a speck of light that gets in there. Whoa, it's, it's like sleeping cave. in a cave. It's a cave, So yeah. if people can create that kind of lighting situation in their bedrooms, even little things like that can be incredibly impactful. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so important to um, have things that work for you because it doesn't always work for everybody. Like if somebody offers me chocolate at night, I, there's no way I'm going to eat it because I know certain things yeah. are triggers for me. 
Absolutely. And, you know, and I'll tell you this, too, Jenny. A lot of people who say, well, I can eat chocolate and drink coffee and smoke cigarettes right until I go to bed. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect me. It, it's probably not true, meaning that they may not feel a difference either because it's relatively minor or they've slept so poorly for so long, they don't remember what it's like to feel good. It's like asking me what it's like to be tall. I would probably tell you, ah, no, no different than being short like I am. Yeah. Maybe if you magically may be tall for a couple of days, I'd never want to go back. So <laughs> to me, it's a lot of comparison. And when you've lost that comparison, you kind of forget. So if somebody says to me, look, I don't, I'm not affected by this alcohol drink before I go to bed at night, my, my response is stop it for a while and see what happens. It's amazing. I mean, people come back and say, oh, my God, I had no idea I could sleep this good without the chocolate or the alcohol or the cigarette. Right. So... We have to be careful with that. Things often affect our sleep much more than we think. I always tell people perception of sleep and reality are two different things. What advice would you give to somebody who has a teenager that can't really seem to uh, unwind at night? You know, they they just seem like they have this second wind at, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock, and you're thinking, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> so I, I've got, I, I am now officially the father, and I will be for another another few months of three teenagers. I've got them all the way from 13, oh just turned 13, to 19 and okay. in college. So um, I think the first thing to ask yourself is look at you and look at your partner, or at least the biological parents of said teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when a teenager is sort of night-oriented, gets that second wind at night like my daughter does, um, there's probably a family member that's kind of like that. In, in the case, it's probably me. I'm a, I'm a real night owl. I feel very creative at night. I love the night, and I'm a complete disaster first thing in the morning. Oh, no. um, so a lot of times, and these are genetic traits. Um, there are things we can overcome, mm-hmm. uh, but they're kind of hard. The second thing is I think the school has a lot of blame there. I, I, the, my biggest failure as a sleep specialist and probably my biggest failure as a parent is trying to deal with a teenager who, when you tell them to go to bed, they tell you, look, I got two tests tomorrow and a project due. So my response is always, look, you got to be more organized about these projects. I just got the project two days ago. So you're like, well, hmm. I don't even know what to do about that. Right. And I would say things like, well, I'll call your school and tell them, hey, I'm a sleep doctor. I'm not going to allow my kid to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning right. doing this driver's education project. Yes. Like, why on earth would you give somebody a driver with two days to do it? No, it's not. Oh, no, don't do that, Dad. I don't want to be that kid that you know, their dad's right. getting involved. So it's amazing to me. I feel like when I was going to school, my teachers just kind of knew what was going on. They kind of knew what each other were. Well, I'm not going to give you a math test today because I know Mr. Harrison's giving you a history test tomorrow, but get ready. I'll give it to you next week. And mm-hmm. they just seem to, like, be more on my side. And, I, and the adversarial relationship between children and schools these days is incredible. So I would just tuck my tail and say, well, get to bed as soon as you can. And right. she'd be up until 2 and up at the next day at 6. And so I don't really oh have a great gosh. answer for that. I think we really need to rethink school start times and the way we deal with homework with these kids. We're killing kids with AP classes. Oh, I agree. I agree. And technology. Like, put the computer away. It's 11 o'clock. I can't. Everything I need to do is on this computer. So, you know, gone are the days of Old Yeller, the, the tattered Old Yeller textbook that we would read or where the red fern grows. I know. You know but I do think that the phones and all the technology is terrible for kids. Like, if there's some time, they do have to shut it down because it's so addicting. They are, and, and, and they're clear. I'm a neurologist by training, so I'm mm-hmm. fully, fully aware of dopamine and all the good and bad things it does in our brain. There's no question in our mind that these devices are not only addictive, but they're designed to be addictive. You know, like, please put your phone down. I can't because I will lose my Snapchat streak. 
Well, what is that? Well, I've Snapchatted <laughs> with this person I barely know 78 straight days, and I don't want to ruin that. Well, what happens if you lose that streak? Nothing. It's just created in their mind. Is this? So, yeah, the, the, the phones are, are really... And I don't think people of our generation understand it fully. Listen, I, I would be lost without my phone. I mean, it's I use it, but I use it to communicate. You yes, know, I, I need sure. it to be in touch. But but they have a whole different relationship with these things. So if you are allowing your child to have a phone in their bedroom, oh, no. I, I think you're making a huge mistake. And huge. if they're giving you the excuse of, I use it as an alarm, <laughs> there were alarms before there were cell phones. You I can bet. assure you, you can find one at Bed Bath & Beyond for about $8. Yes, or you be their, their alarm. <laughs> of course, yeah. absolutely. No you know, way. And the funny thing is all the great things about a phone, the calendar feature. Hey, you've got an interview on Get the Funk Out. Before, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, That's great. Reminds you, okay, I need to be around for that interview. They don't even use it for that stuff. Oh, <laughs> I like, know. You have a test tomorrow. I forgot about that test. <laughs> well, don't you have it in your calendar on your phone? I don't use that feature. <laughs> then what are you using your phone for? You know, So it is a big problem that somebody smarter than me needs to, to figure out. Aren't you glad, Chris, you came on my show so you could vent and share all this great stuff? <laughs> oh, God, absolutely. Have we even talked about sleep yet? <laughs> no, absolutely. You'll no, have I'm, to come back on I'm, again. I'm, I'm terribly concerned for the, the future of our young people on these phones. Oh, I know. I know, because uh, the lack of sleep affects everything. Their weight, their temperament, everything, their mood. You know, I know how it affects sure. me, so it's the same deal. So. So Absolutely, and, and they're inattentive, so we give them what to make them more attentive at school? A stimulant. So mm-hmm. are we really treating a, a, a attention problem, or is it just lack of sleep? I think in a lot of kids, it, it, it's hard to tell. Not, yeah. that, not that ADHD is not a real thing. I just think sometimes we confuse the issue as to what we're actually doing because the drug works, right? It wakes yeah. them up so they don't have to do something annoying to keep themselves awake during the day. Absolutely. So where can people find out more about you? So my Twitter is at Sport Sleep Doc, S-P-O-R-T-S-L-E-E-P-D-O-C. I work with a lot of professional sports teams, including the defending National League champion Dodgers in L.A., where you're, you're based out of. Nice. Um, so you can find good information on there. My okay. book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's called The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep's Broken, How to Fix It. I've got a webpage. It's... Um, it's com. The best thing to do is just type in Dr. Winter and sleep, and hopefully a bunch of cool stuff will come up. Excellent. All right, and I put all your info on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I want to thank you so much for calling in. Hey, I appreciate it. you got the best title uh, for a show ever, thank so that's, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> hey, sleep well. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right, that was Dr. Chris Winter calling in, and I have to wrap up now. But again, this will all be up on the show blog, and his bio is on there now. Get the org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm, I'm at moms underscore rock, and KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. Instagram, KUCI-FM. I've got to be quiet now because Sheldon Abbott is coming into the studio with Cure for the Blues. He's up next. I'll be back next week. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.